0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about events that make Mississippi great. Today, we'll start our trip off in Jackson at the Mississippi Children's Museum for a journey to the North Pole. Next, we'll head to Cleveland for 50 Nights of Lights, and then we'll move down to Hattiesburg for the Hattiesburg Food Festival. We'll end our trip with the Central Mississippi Blues Society President, Malcolm Shepard, to learn more about a celebration honoring late bluesman Willie Love, Jr., So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be back after the
2: news.
0: Support for NPR comes from A24. Presenting Lady Bird starring Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf in a mother-daughter comedy about the relationships that shape us, the beliefs that define us, and the unmatched beauty of a place called home. Lady Bird, now playing in select cities. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: I'm Mary Margaret Miller of Mississippi Today, joined by Visit Mississippi's Camille King. As we do every week, we're going to be traveling the state, letting you know all about events around Mississippi, making our state one of the best places to live and to play. And it's uh, always good to be in the studio with my favorite person on the Ooh, planet. Ooh,
3: you just give me such good vibes on Fridays.
1: I know. This is a great way, really, to kick off the weekend. It really weekend. is. Camille and I used to see each other every day of the week, and now we only see each other on Friday, so it makes it extra special. I
3: know. It, just, it starts off with a big hug and a big smile, and my weekend goes great.
1: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Kamel, you've, uh, you've been actually taking a little bit of vacation time this week. This uh, hardworking man came into MPB just to do the show today, so you deserve a big pat on the back. Ooh.
3: It's my pleasure. I love doing this, so it was easy to do, you know?
1: Well, uh, it's good to see you, uh, and you're looking very refreshed and uh, relaxed and rested, so that's great. I, for one, have been kind of in your shoes this week. I've been traveling the state. I spent two days in the Delta, uh, one in Clarksdale at the Crossroads Cultural Arts Center, and then the next day we were at the B.B. King Museum. Mississippi Today hosted conversations around uh, charter schools and traditional public schools uh, in the Mississippi Delta. So. Great attendance, great conversations. We streamed them on Facebook Live and lots of people tuned in. It's just amazing the power of, you know, we always talk about the power of social media, but this live element is really something I'm learning about that just has such a long arm. Yes,
3: indeed. I mean, uh, I I would have loved to have watched because that is a well-debated topic and people have different feelings on both sides, you know.
1: Absolutely. We were there really to offer the facts. We wanted you to know the facts about charter schools and the facts about uh, traditional public schools and Mm -hmm. and make up your own mind. You know, we're here to present the information so you can make informed
4: decisions. So it
1: was uh, it was great to be down there. And of course, you know, you can't go to the Delta without coming back and talking about food.
4: What did you eat? And what
1: you ate. Right. Um, So I was very proud of myself. I did not indulge in the traditional Delta delicacies, Mm -hmm. but I had Mm -hmm. the greatest green salad Ever. Oh, my
3: God. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody
1: cares about salad. Uh, but if you want to eat well and you want to eat healthy in Clarksville, Mississippi, Yazoo Pass is a great place. They have a wonderful salad bar with every topping you could ever imagine and I yes. mean I just loaded up it took me you know like 45 minutes to eat my salad. That
3: is so cool I just I just went to Yazoo Pass is that right? the past week you know when we dedicated the 200th Blues Trail Marker and we actually stayed at the Five Dime Lofts Oh, cool. Five and Dime Lofts, uh, oh man big shout out to Bubba Keith and everybody that designed it, that thing is like staying in Manhattan, Ugh. I mean it's a, a flat loft apartment uh, that people rent out and, and I, I think I think it's about eight of them, but each one has its own personality, decorated different. So I recommend if you go to Clarksdale, stay at the five and dime lofts. Or if you are into something a little more uh busy, stay at the squeeze box or, or something like that. Oh, it's too great. Cool. Yeah.
1: I was at a hotel out on the highway, but I have to say it was it was nice and clean and just what we needed. Yeah. So uh the great great to hear though, and uh great to be back on the air with you, our wonderful listeners, and we want to welcome to the show our friend Mary. Mary Alex Thigpen she's the marketing director with the Mississippi Children's Museum
5: thank you for having me I'm excited to be here
1: well Mary Alex we're so glad to have you back and you're here today to tell us about a really exciting uh, new exhibit at the Mississippi Children's Museum that's all about the holidays
5: Yes, we are so excited to unveil um, our holiday exhibit, Journey to the North Pole, and we are opening it to our members on um, this coming Monday. So that's a members-only event, which we're really excited about. And this is really a new um, a new event for the Children's Museum because really often oftentimes when we have these sort of special exhibits, we get them from around the country. They're traveling, and we rent them for a period of time. But this exhibit is really special because we designed it and. And created it in-house. So our um, assistant director of exhibits and our graphic designer um, really put their creative minds together and came up with this really magical um, exhibit that we hope will become a a holiday tradition for families um, across the state.
3: Now, I imagine there had to be a lot of fleeting ideas on what to add to this exhibit and how to design it. I mean, what was the vetting process? How did you figure out what you wanted to do and get the ideas together and figure out how to just put it into one thing?
5: Yeah, well, we wanted it to be fun, but we also wanted it to be sort of magical. So a lot of our inspiration we drew from traditional children's holiday literature um, and some of the things that we've seen other really fabulous children's museums across the country do. Um, Some of these children's museums have um, these very special holiday features like an enormous slide. So that was one mm. thing that um, we took from another children's museum, that great idea. So we're going to also be implementing a 45-foot slide down what? our center staircase of the museum. And it will be the snowflake slide. Oh. And it's two lanes so you can race your best friend down um, the center staircase. And we're, we're really excited. We've already installed it actually and uh, staff members We're going to have to do something to keep the staff off of it because we're just oh, having way too much fun going down it.
2: So. Well,
1: I did see a Facebook video this week of uh, your team going down the slide. Uh, maybe it was the initial slide, but it looks great. We were there uh, not too long ago with our child, and you know that staircase in the Children's Museum. If you've been there, you can't forget it. It's a big staircase; it goes down, yeah. um, you know, to the bottom with level. The colors yeah, on it. yeah it lights yeah, up. It's so it. fun. But now, um, so sliding is is the best yes. option to get to. So the... Now it's the beautiful,
5: pristine white snowflake slide, oh, and you're God. kind of surrounded by Christmas trees and. You know, uh, snowflakes hanging from the ceiling. So it really is magical. All the work that they've done, and inside the um, Gertrude C. Ford Exhibit Hall, we've actually gotten Devane Lighting has been so helpful in working with us. And we have um, these drapes all the way around the museum with twinkly lights in them. So it's really like you're sort of stepping into this magical sort of holiday village. Um, beautiful, when you walk yeah. the
1: beautiful. Doors. Now, uh, in addition to this 45 foot snowflake slide, I believe you also have like a Santa's. Stand- engine area yeah yeah so um, a
5: big part of it if you see our logo is sort of this steam engine coming through and so that's the first thing you see when you walk in the doors is this black and blue steam engine and so we have a couple of train um, you know actual train cars that you can kind of climb through and play in and then we also have really neat train tables where children can come and sort of arrange different pieces of a community and drive their trains through so there's a lot of really um, yeah. really creative interactive pieces throughout the exhibit
3: Well Mary Alex, I gotta tell you, you guys do a great, great job with the museum. I take my daughter all the time and we're obviously gonna have to to circle circle back. But I mean you literally can spend hours in there and not get bored. I mean your child can just go to all types of different things, and I, I love that Curious George uh, exhibit okay. that you had. We enjoyed that a couple of times.
5: Yeah, we love that. Something that we really try to do is make sure that inquiry is incorporated into all of our museum elements, so we want children, we want every part of our museum to sort of inspire their curiosity and for yeah. them to think and ask questions, and so we hope that this exhibit will play into that as well, sort of a, um, curiosity, and you know, we want them to feel like they are actually going on a journey to the North Pole and what that looks like and feels like.
1: Wow. Now, the exhibit officially opens on Monday with yes. uh, the sort of uh, preview party for members, mm-hmm. but it, um, it will stay up through January. So a long time for our Mississippi friends and and everyone coming in to visit during the holidays to check out the exhibit. Now Mary Alex was kind enough to bring in two tickets today that she's giving away. This is um, an entry into the museum and to experience Journey to the North Pole. So we do have some trivia for our listeners. So uh, we want you to uh, put on your your listening ears and uh, give us a call with the answer to this question. How long is the snowflake slide that's part of the new Journey to the North Pole exhibit. So, again, how long is the snowflake mm. slide? Give us a call. I said it one time. So, one I hope time. y'all are listening. Yeah. <laughs> for a chance to win two tickets to the Mississippi Children's Museum's uh, new Journey to the North Pole exhibit.
3: Oh, uh, can I play? The- <laughs> no, no, no. no. All right. you're, you're ineligible. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so we've talked a lot about these cool elements to the exhibit, but you guys are known for your programming and you've got special things happening all through this exhibit.
5: Yes, that's right. Of course, we've incorporated some. Um, Some really incredible programs into this exhibit. One that I'm the most excited about is our gingerbread house workshops. And so those are actually going to be held in the EDU, which is our education center building um, right above the Mississippi Children's Museum that has been Fully decorated to look like you are actually inside a gingerbread house. Oh wow, <laughs> which is really neat. That's actually where I work, so I get to work inside a gingerbread house for the next couple of weeks. Um, but at that workshop, we're going to have um, MCM staff there to help facilitate decorating and putting together a gingerbread house. Um, we'll clean up the mess. Um, it's just a little extra fee, and you get to come in and bring your kids and family and put together a gingerbread house and take it home to admire. All holiday season long. Um, We're also going to be having a couple Saturdays um, where we're going to have Santa. You can come write your letter and hand it to him and take a photo with him and get to visit with Santa. So that's going to be exciting. And then... One that I'm really excited about are two evenings, December 9th and 16th, we're having Twas a Night at the Museum. And on those nights, we're staying open late. And people are are invited to wear their pajamas, their Christmas PJs, and um, drink hot cocoa, and go down the snowflake slide, and listen to um, special guests from the North Pole uh, read read a special holiday story. So that's going to be a really fun time as well. That's
1: really fun. What time
5: do these evening events get started? Um, twice a night at the museum, December 9th and 16th. We'll start at 530, and it'll stay. the museum will stay open until 7. Wow, that's oh, great.
1: Yeah. That's the perfect window for mm-hmm. little ones. Yeah. Very good. Now, I, we can't let you get out today without telling us about the pop-up shop that you have in oh, Highland yeah. Village where folks can come and do a little bit of holiday shopping.
5: Yes, I'm so happy you mentioned that. This is a really exciting collaboration that we're doing with Highland Village and also with Sugar Ray Sweet Shop, which is the candy store downtown. Um, So we have sort of uh, put together our inventory from Louis LaFleur's Trading Post. That's our gift shop in the Children's Museum with Sugar Ray's Sweet Shop to kind of put together the perfect combination um, for a holiday store in Highland Village. So we're located right next door to Char in their outdoor seating area. And we have tons of really cool toys and classic candies. Sugar Ray's is a really awesome um, small business to get to work with. So we had a special opening um, a couple last week. And we'll be there for through the holiday season. So we hope people will come by and buy their Christmas gifts there and um, some candy stocking stuffers. And we can wrap it up for you if you'd like. So we hope we'll have a lot
1: of visitors there. There's some really incredible toys. I know two little girls that would love a (laughs) handy shop slash toy store.
3: Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mary Alex, it's great having you on. Now, we haven't had um, anyone get the answer right just yet. So remember, uh, our trivia question is, uh, uh, how long is the new snowflake slide at the Mississippi Children's Museum?
3: Oh, we do have a winner.
4: Yes, we have a winner. Her name is Anita
1: Barnes from Ethel, Louisiana. Wow! All oh, right, that's Wonderful. great. Yes, yes, yes. yes, And she uh, lives in Louisiana, but she looked. She has relatives in Jackson, Mississippi, and was looking forward to coming to Jackson. And this gives her a reason to come to Jackson, and she's Absolutely. excited. Right. And I will give you Mary Alex her information. Great, we can't wait to have her. Thank you, Michelle. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcoming travelers to Mississippi to experience all of our great museums, our great restaurants and our great people so uh it's time to take a quick break but we want to thank mary alex Thigpen for being with us today when we return we'll speak with kelly carr about cleveland's 50 nights of lights this is next stop mississippi on mpb think radio
3: podcasts of your favorite mpb think radio programs are available now with any podcast app you can search
0: subscribe and never miss a second of mpb think radio You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. If you're just joining us, we spoke with Mary Alex Thigpen before the break. She's with the Mississippi Children's Museum and was here to tell us all about Journey to the North Pole. It's a new exhibit created by the Mississippi Children's Museum staff that includes a 45-foot slide where you can race your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad or your cousins uh, down to the bottom level of the museum. Uh, Santa's uh, steam engine display, lots of fun activities for the kids throughout the season. So, uh, when you're in the Jackson area, or hey, maybe you live in the Jackson area, make sure to check that out uh, now through uh, the 1st of January. Uh, now, Camille, it seems, um, you know, there's two schools, right? Mm-hmm. So, those people that decorate for the holidays before Thanksgiving
2: mm-hmm. and those that
1: wait until after Thanksgiving to begin their decorations. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like we've kind of crossed a line today talking about holiday programs um, <laughs> before Turkey Day.
3: It's- I mean it's that time now. I turned to the radio stations and all of them were playing Christmas music. I was like, oh, well there it is. <laughs>
1: the it the, is.
3: Fl- the switch has been flipped.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. Now, I am of the school to wait until after Thanksgiving to begin to decorate. Uh, my cousins and my sister-in-law, we were all texting about Thanksgiving, what to prepare, how to how to get ready and they are all in full Christmas mode. Really? So I, I don't know. I, I'm just not there yet but maybe one day.
3: Get on. Get on the horse.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, with, uh, without further ado, we want to welcome our friend Kelly Carr to the show. Kelly's the director of Cleveland, Mississippi Tourism, and she's here to tell us about 50 Nights of Lights. Welcome, Kelly.
2: Hey, y'all. Good morning. Happy Friday to everybody.
3: Hey, Kelly. How's everything going?
2: Everything is going great. And I had to laugh at your the Christmas um, Thanksgiving debate, and it is, seems to all be messing so much. Uh, lately, but um, in downtown Cleveland, it is definitely the holiday season, and um, something brand new for us, which is exciting, is our new 50 Nights of Light. Um, It's really a fantastic light show in downtown Cleveland, so local businesses and organizations donated um, almost $250,000 worth of lighting displays. And it is absolutely phenomenal, and um, it's free, and it's light. It's the whole downtown area is lit up every night, and they're animated, and um, some of them are um, themed. We have a large Christmas tree, and there is even a huge display that is 55 feet tall. Wow. So to say that it is impressive in downtown Cleveland these days is an understatement of the century. And we are just absolutely thrilled to see all the cars and the people um, getting out and kind of enjoying that.
1: Well, I'm so glad you brought up uh, cars and people enjoying the exhibits because that was one question I had. You've got more than 100,000 lights as part of this 50 Nights of Lights downtown that exhibit. In that? It's so exciting. It really gets you in a festive <laughs> mood. But, uh, Kelly, what's the best way to experience it? Do you drive through or should you get out and walk around?
2: You know, I'm a big... Um, proponent of just getting out and walking, because our walking trail goes right through the middle of our green strip, and and the lights are set up on either side, and it's such a great way to get close and interact and take pictures. Um, a lot of our local restaurants are open there, just along the uh, Main Street area, and some of the stores are staying open later, and of course, you know, one of the upsides to it getting dark at 4.30 at night is that the lights come on at a decent yeah. time, so Um, We have to look at the positives with that. And um, so, yeah, I would say definitely park your car, get out and walk. Of course, this is Mississippi, and so the winters are not brutal. You know, it was a lovely 65 degrees last night, and so we saw tons of families getting out, getting frozen yogurt, walking around, enjoying the lights. And um, I think it it just happens to be – it be just wonderful weather to get out and walk, and we've seen such a great community pride. People are so proud of the way Cleveland looks. I've heard, you know, Hallmark movies as you're walking around, and it's just wonderful for people to take ownership of that, um, living in Cleveland and telling their friends and family to come and visit, and um, it's definitely something to experience.
3: Now, Kelly, how, do, how did 50 Nights of Lights even get started, and how in the world uh, did you guys get the you know all of these businesses to donate over a quarter million dollars' worth of displays?
2: Well, I will tell you what. Becky Nowell, the first lady of Cleveland, is a force to be reckoned with. So she had this vision. So last year, um, uh, so, what, a local family donated this gorgeous Christmas tree downtown Um, in honor of his late mother. And so he also bought some Christmas decorations that were very music-centric. So you've got Santa Claus playing the piano and some wonderful things like that. And so this year, Becky really wanted to expand on that. And so as you go to these different businesses, it was so funny. She had this, um, like you would use for a science fair project, one of these boards, and she found all these decorations, and she put them all on the board, and she would go to different businesses, and she would say, okay, this is what we have available.
1: Mm. You know,
2: Are you interested? And one by one, everybody said yes. And so she had to go find more and more and more, and everybody wanted to be a part of it just because, I mean, they're holiday lights. Who wants to say no to that? <laughs> right. It's something fun. It brings joy. And so before you know it, You've just got this amazing display. And I'm telling you what, the workers in Cleveland, Cleveland Public Works, they put together everything. We had community tree wrapping days. So everybody was really able to get involved um, and take some ownership of this. And it, um, they had the lighting of the Christmas tree this last Saturday, and it brought almost 3,000 people to downtown oh, Cleveland man. for the lighting of the Christmas tree. There was a lot of music going on. It was just such a festive air and 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 a wonder really and so when everything was lit you would hear the oohs and the ahs and oh that's uh, a regular Rockefeller center experience.
3: experience i know
1: well kelly now i read online that you do have certain sections of downtown that are that are themed a different sort of light theme for one part of uh the street and another for the next so let's talk about the different
2: themes you might find Yes, yeah, so it's so cute. So one, of course, Cleveland is home to Grammy Museum, Mississippi. Um, there is a wonderful music uh, display. So you've got different, you know, Santa, and reindeer, elves, all playing different instruments and then, like, lit up instruments themselves, so in one block. And then you've got another that's Candyland, so gingerbread houses and um, and candy canes and things like that. And then the depot, where our visitor center is, there's a fantastic display. Looks like a train with the depot and uh, our caboose downtown is actually lit up to make it look like it's rolling its wheels. Um, and then there's some gorgeous Christmas trees. And the far end of the walking trail is the Advent wreath, um, which stands at 55 feet tall. And it is, it's really it's something you can you can talk about, but until you actually stand in front of it and experience it, you know, photos just don't do it justice. So. Um, so we're really excited about that. And, and Sundays in December, there'll be live music downtown and really just trying to, to create some events, um, you know, accessible to everyone that people can get out and enjoy this Christmas.
3: Kelly, you have a uh, schedule of events that are surrounding the 50 Nights of Lights. Talk about some of the different scheduled events people can plan on coming to around the absolutely, 50 Nights. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. So, um, yeah, so Sundays in, uh, Saturdays in December, um, I think I said Sundays earlier, but Saturdays you'll see, like, carriage rides. We have something called selfies with Santa to where, you know, you kind of bring your own camera, and Santa will be set up there um, to take photos, and then we'll have live music um, every Saturday, and um, there'll be gospel one week, Blackwood Trio is playing one week, just some great local music, um, and then some of the stores are doing things on their own, cupcake decorating, Ciders um, and Santa at Delta Meat Market one week, um, and all of that can be found at the 50 Nights of Lights website. Um, and so we'll be adding to that as people kind of um, decide that they're going to do certain things. And I think really everybody's really trying to get into the, um, to the event, and, and I think it's only going to grow from here.
1: Now, Kelly, Cleveland is known for its great shopping, and this 50 Nights of Lights is really, you know, uh, right in the middle of all that wonderful shopping. So are there extended hours for shopping?
2: Yes, yeah, so especially on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, some of the stores have opted to stay open later, so you can walk around, look at the lights, and then get some of your shopping done. Um, and quite a few stores are going to open from 1 to 5 on Sunday, because I know some of us, you know, especially working and we get hectic, but sometimes those Sunday afternoons are great just to get out and knock off some of our Christmas list that Lord knows is just steady building in my house. Um, but anyway, so, um, we're excited that some of the merchants have agreed to do that because it does help our visitors from out of town. They're able to, you know, kind of get out and, um, and see what we have to offer, especially if they work during the week.
1: Well, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Now, as when I was a kid growing up in Drew, Mississippi, we drove to Memphis to go see Christmas lights. I mean, to really experience uh, a a full Christmas light display, we would drive to Memphis. I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, But, Kelly, you've really just brought this home so folks can literally stay home, enjoy their families, enjoy their their fireplaces and their hot cocoa, but get out and have this world-class light experience.
2: Absolutely, and we've even heard from more people this year that want to get involved for next year, and so this is something that can grow and hopefully, you know, Cleveland can become a destination for the holidays. Well, it's Even so more good. of one than it is now. <laughs>
3: there you go. It already is.
1: Well, thank you so much. That if you just tuned in, we are talking with Kelly Carr with Cleveland, Mississippi Tourism. She's telling us about 50 Nights of Lights, which is uh, taking place now through the end of December in Cleveland, Mississippi. It's time for another break, but when we get back, we'll head to Hattiesburg for the second annual Hattiesburg Food Festival. This is Next Stop Mississippi, and we'll be ab- back after the break.
0: you're a sustaining member of mpb think radio we appreciate your support of our programs to become a sustainer go to mpbonline.org you're listening to next stop mississippi on mpb think radio
1: Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Mississippi Today, joined by Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. If you're just tuning in before the break, we spoke with Kelly Carr about Cleveland's 50 Nights of Lights, a great downtown exhibit of lights, fun for the family, free to all. And we're heading to Hattiesburg to talk with Darian Moye about a new um, Hattiesburg Food Festival. So welcome, Darian.
6: Good morning. How are you
1: doing? I'm doing well. It's great to have you on Next Stop Mississippi today to tell us about the, uh, I believe, second annual Hattiesburg Food Festival.
6: Right. We're very excited about it.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, Tell us more about this event. I believe uh, it takes place tomorrow, Saturday, November 18th, uh, in downtown
6: Hattiesburg. It does. does. It's the second annual Hattiesburg Food Festival sponsored in part by the city of Hattiesburg, Pepsi, and Bowie Street Express Mart. That's going to be possibly the best park, the most beautiful park we have in the city of Hattiesburg, Chain Park. Uh, That's 910 East 8th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, 910 East 8th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, And this is just an event uh, that's going to take place uh, that's community-oriented, community-friendly. Thousands of folks are going to come out here to the park and just have an awesome time uh, bringing folks together with what we all love
2: to do, eat food.
3: Now, uh, Mr. Morrier, you must tell me, uh, food festival, I need to know all the kind of foods that are going to be there. How are they coming? Are there food trucks? What restaurants? I mean, I am very interested, sir.
6: Oh, well, you, you know what? I'm glad you asked. I'm actually at the park now with some city officials. Uh, they're doing an awesome job, man, trying to take care of us. Uh, let me just give you just a few. This year we've cut about. 10 vendors out. We usually have about 25, maybe 30. But wow. uh, this this year we have about maybe 10, no more than 15. Let me just give you a few folks who's going to be here. Granny Homes Cooking awesome business here in Hattiesburg, actually next door to the food festival. Uh, they're going to be here. Uh, they're going to be serving. i tell you what, I'm going to give you some specifics because it sounds like your stomach is wobbling. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I need to know.
6: Oh, man. Grilling is going to be. They're going to have things like uh, filet, ribs, shrimp, turkey necks. We've got one of my favorites that was here last year, and Polly's form. Uh, this is the only person I know that makes homemade. Uh, well, I won't say homemade, but it's blue uh, blueberry lemonade. Oh, it is awesome. Um, oh yeah, I've, I've never experienced nothing like it. Uh, also, one of my favorites. Hey, I'm, I'm going to stop saying my favorites. Uh, but it's not food. Uh, it's a, it's a cincy. Uh, and there's a sweet, sweet lady named Karen Rogers. She does fragrance, a fragrance booth. Uh, I couldn't wait to the festival, guys. I had to order a lot of this stuff previously before, just for my home. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's awesome to things that she does room spray, uh, you know, stuff that people kind of say like women like, but I guess I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't That's like to right. smell good? Yeah. <laughs> sweet water blues. They're coming down. Uh, this is interesting. They they weren't here last year, and they begin a lot of. Uh, Great feedback. They'll have catfish and shrimp po' boys. One of the things they're going to have that I'm very interested in having is shrimp and grits. You don't usually get that in Addisburg um, or anywhere down here. So we're very excited about that Cajun place. Uh, Auntie Anne's, I'm sure you guys heard of those. Everybody called me pretzel, people. <laughs> but Auntie mm-hmm. Ann's going to be here as well. They're going to do their pretzels and frozen lemonade. They're also going to be doing something in our kid's town. I'll tell you guys more about that in a second. Uh, a few more. Buffalo Wild Wings, I think they speak for themselves what they do. Uh, they got this huge trailer. Uh, actually, the guys, I'm actually at the park now, the guys are trying to figure out how they're going to power it because it's so huge. Uh, so they're working on that now. But just a few others, maybe three or four others. There's Jonesby smoking. He's going to do uh, some barbecue, uh, ribs, turkey legs, po- Polish sausages, old school barbecue. They're going to do steaks, sausage dogs, stuff like that. Uh, I'm very excited about La Mexicana. Um, We've never had the Latino community to be a part, so La Mexicana is a huge restaurant here. Uh, They're going to be taking part. They're going to do tacos, tortitos, nachos, quesadillas. We got other folks like uh, E&I Enterprises. This is probably one of the most talked about. Also, they're doing, guys, I've, I've never had this before, so brace yourselves. It's frozen cheesecake on a stick dipped in chocolate.
2: (laughs) Well, now
1: everybody's going to show up.
6: (laughs) Uh, We got about three more. Let me tell you about those guys real quickly. But I just wanted to make sure that I've never had, I love cheesecake, and oh my God, but they're going to be doing some other stuff as well. But that's one of the the crowd favorites seems to be going in. Uh, also, there's a there's a great woman uh, named Nina Jones. She does this thing called Jones Meals Engine. This is like her debut. She's never kind of did this before, so she's kind of new. But she does like cooking things on YouTube. She's going to have probably one of the most talked about things of the festival as well. It's a donut burger. Oh my god! I've always That's wanted to try like that. But it. Like it. <laughs> it seems like it's something that everybody wants. to. You, you should come down and try it. I wish I could see you one through Skype or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you figure um, that out, we want dibs on the royalties. Mm-hmm. Now, Darian, um, I, uh, you, were, you were named a hometown hero in Hattiesburg. Tell us about what? that honor and, and what that
6: means. Why did you sneak that in? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <sighs> Gosh, I hate talking about it. But hometown hero, that was this year. Uh, it was an awesome experience. Uh, that kind of made me go a little further and beyond with this year' event. Uh, it was in February. Uh, Hattiesburg had went through probably some of the worst times ever. I'm also a student at probably one of the best colleges in the country, William Carey University. And that um, university got destroyed by EF3 tornado. It was on national news. Folks was everywhere people died here in our community mm. um, it tore apart thousands of homes I mean literally destroyed them uh, I'm always you know trying to help people uh, and so what I did was we assembled a community crisis coalition just to get people to come together uh, to help and we ended up serving um, 3,500 meals a day Man. Uh, we had um, we had folks coming in from uh, we had lawyers teachers and doctors literally from around the world. That was on my Facebook page. Uh, They came in from around the world, from Africa, from Asia, from different continents, and they were here in Hattiesburg. Uh, We had them here helping. We had over 5,000 volunteers, over, um, I think it was over 750-something thousand hours of community service. Um, So once I just, it was just me putting it together. I mean, I didn't get paid a dollar for it. It was just contacting different restaurants. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. Uh, and so we were able to feed people. We had thousands of supplies, thousands of cases of water. Uh, so we were running an operation, and it was just me trying to help, and it was in a broken-down church
2: mm-hmm. uh,
6: that we did it out of. The church got destroyed, actually just knocked it completely down maybe a few months ago. Uh, and so we just worked out of the Rebels. Senator Roger Wicker came down.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell
6: you one funny moment, guys. Uh, but, but Senator Roger Wicker come down with Kerry's with president, Dr. King, so Dr. King brings them over, uh, and they wanted to see, you know, some of the stuff that we were doing on hand. You know, we were working the biggest site that we could work. Uh, Goodwill had brought in and several businesses brought in just brand new clothes out of their organization, out of their store, forced us to give out. Uh, and so he came down. He, he heard so much talk about it, he wanted to see it. So when he comes down, it was the week of finals. But I mind you, there is no school, so everything went online. And uh, so Dr. King says, hey, since you're doing such a great job, how about you tell the senator to write a letter to the university to excuse you from your exams? Mm. And the senator looks at me and he says, let's just get him a generator and a tent so he can take it outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Forge ahead, young man.
6: So so that was interesting. But the actual ceremony took place at the 32nd annual um, USM, uh, University of Southern Mississippi, and Coca-Cola Classics at... Uh, Forest County Multipurpose Center. It was a sold out event. Uh, it's supposed to be where you get honored two days in a row. Uh, I didn't want to get honored no day, but they kind of forced me into it. Sid Golsan, who was the, was the uh, vice president at the time at Southern. And so the deal was, if I accept the honor of being the hometown hero, what you guys will have to do is let me honor somebody. And so I chose North Forest High School. Mm. Uh, a lot of kids at a lot of high schools, again, skipping school just to come and be our volunteers. We didn't ask them to. And so one day, North Forest High School, they entire, they, the entire uh, school almost, were busloads came in, um, and just asked how could they help. And the, and the counselor and the principal were like, listen, they won't do any work. They want to get out here and help. And so that's what they did. Man. And I thought that was so awesome that they came out and they did that. The U.S. military kind of escorted them through to get out in the community uh, to help. Mississippi Highway Patrol did an awesome job of securing the schools that were just, I mean, they would just pop up uh, and say, we want to help. Uh, And so, you know, that was interesting to me. So they honored me at that night. Uh, It was big fireworks and all kind of stuff. So it was interesting, guys. So, yeah, that enabled me to kind of do more with this event. Uh, And so the Food Fest is just an opportunity to bring the entire city together our uh, you know some trouble, some trouble times in our country, but Hattiesburg is a great place. We have an awesome mayor, Toby blocker He's just an awesome guy who's kind of helped me put this uh, leadership together in this city. And so this is the time the city just comes together. Uh, and what brings people together more than anything is <laughs> food. Mm-hmm. So we, I think that's good and good food. Good food,
1: guys. Well, it sounds like a, a great day. And you said there's going to be activities for the children and, and many more things right. happening there in Chain Park. Now tell our listeners right. where they can go to learn a little bit more about tomorrow's food festival.
6: Uh, you can go to Hattiesburg uh, Food Festival on Facebook. Uh, if you go on Facebook, those are probably the most up-to-date um, information that you can go. So you just go to Facebook and simply type in Hattiesburg Food Festival there's an awesome guy named Todd Smith, a very great magician. He's gonna he's gonna be here uh, as well tomorrow. Uh, so the kids show is gonna be free. Uh, there's gonna be kid rides as well that the kids can probably get on. Uh, and there's going to be Auntie Anne's is gonna be doing something with some dough and kids playing and dough. So it's just gonna be an awesome time. There's no charge. People can just walk in the park. Uh, it's absolutely free. It's gonna just be awesome.
1: Well, it sounds like a a great way to spend a Saturday in the fall, and we thank you for all that you're doing, uh, Darian, for the community of Hattiesburg and to host this great event. So again, this is the Hattiesburg Food Festival taking place tomorrow, Saturday, November 18th. I believe the the gates will open, so to speak, at 10 a.m., and it's free uh, and open to the public. So check them out on Facebook, Facebook, Hattiesburg Food Festival. Uh, It's time for another break, but when we return, we'll welcome our friend Malcolm Shepard. president of the central mississippi blues society so don't go anywhere you'll want to hear this interview we'll be right back after this break
4: for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio visit
0: mpbonline.org You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio Why have you ever gone
6: to Greenville Go down on Nelson Street a
3: lot of
1: fun with you. Welcome back this is next stop Mississippi on MPV Think Radio welcoming you into our final segment of the show with some really nice blues music. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined by Camille King, and it's time for our last stop on today's trip on Next Stop Mississippi. Uh, we've got a special guest here for our music segment, Malcolm Shepard, president of the Central Mississippi Blues Society. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, it's always great to see your face. Camille and I are uh, both really happy you could be in studio with us today. Yes, yes
4: I'm happy to be here.
1: Well, you are, you're a man about town. The, the Monday Jam, the Blue Monday Jam at and uh, Hallamounts in Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. is really your child, your brainchild. You're the godfather of, of the Blue Monday Jam, which it has international yeah. acclaim. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh great to have you in the studio today to talk about a project that's very special to your heart as well, another passion project.
4: Another passion project uh, that we have. But first, I have to admit that without the help of the officers and our supporters on Monday night, we would yeah. not have been able to be around now for 13 years on a Monday night. We started out at Mardi Gras on South State Street, was there two years. And we've been at Hal and Malls now for 11 years. So thanks to all of the supporters, you guys publicizing this and the officers that work so hard for the Blues Society and the wonderful musicians who come down on on Monday night. So we're happy. I'm here today for Willie Love Jr. Um... Willie Love was a local uh blues artist, piano player and singer, and he had his own band. Uh born in Duncan, Mississippi in nineteen oh six and passed away in nineteen fifty-three mm-hmm. here in Jackson. And uh no one claimed him or anything like that. So he ended up in the in the uh Braves Yard, uh Elmwood Cemetery that was operated by the city of Jackson. Uh late last year, the Killer Blues project out of michigan um mr salter called and said look we've found willie love and so we went to work looking up willie love and discovered that he was a man about town uh had some great uh uh records behind him had played around the mississippi delta for a long time and ran into all of the blues greats there so we ended up partnering with them and they sent us a headstone And so tomorrow, November 18th, we're going to have a dedication at 11 o'clock at Elmwood Cemetery where we're going to place his uh, headstone. And then after that, we'll be going down to the Queen of Hearts on Mm -hmm. Whitfield Mills Road where it's rumored that Willie Love Jr. actually played there.
1: Oh, wow. And Mm -hmm. so
4: we're going to have a memorial blues jam for him immediately after the dedication from 12 until 2 PM uh, at the Queen of Hearts. So we're real happy to be able to do this along with all of the supporters, the Jackson Arts Council, of course, the Blues Society and, and all of the other supporters. So we're just happy to be doing this.
3: I tell you, uh Malcolm, this event really touched my heart because it is not doing something to promote a big event to make a you know a ticket at the door it 's not even something that is just trying to push Mississippi Blues and make it an even more viable mm-hmm. genre than it already is. This is honoring somebody who has passed on uh, a while ago who contributed to our uh heritage and honoring him and putting a place. Uh, a headstone for him. Tell me how important that is to you and what made you uh, in the Central Mississippi Blues Society
4: partner and get involved. Well, it is part of our mission as a blues society to promote the blues uh, both as a performing arts and as a culture, as part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And we have to honor our forefathers, you know, as as part of that process. And to honor Willie Love, for example, he's not the first one. Uh, We've done this before with other artists that um, uh, Marcia Weaver, the former council lady, Mm -hmm. looked up one who was buried at the pauper's grave in Raymond uh, because he died at the uh, detention center. Another one we had a dedication for in front of Jim Hill High School. So it's very important that we understand not only the music, but the environment at the time that the music came out of. You have to remember in the thirties and forties, when Willie Love and some of the other guys were around, a lot of them left Mississippi. You know, they they had to go somewhere else in order to, they had to go somewhere else in order to perform their trade. Mm-hmm. And we really, really believe in those that stayed, like Willie Love and and just a bunch of them uh, all over the place uh, that stayed and did their best to continue. You know, this type of 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 music genre, if you will, uh, at the local level. Mm-hmm. They they may not have become famous. They may not have been on Broadway. They may not have, have 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 had this million dollar platinum record. But they added to the body of the music and the culture, you know, uh while they were here and just have an opportunity to honor them. Uh Willie Love being this fantastic guy and The more research we do on this guy, the more I like him, (laughs) you know.
1: And, well, that was, you know, my question is uh, tell us more about Willie Love. It's like, you know, Kamel just put the 200th marker in the ground on uh, the Mississippi Blues Trail. But in all honesty, we could have 200,000 Mississippi Blues Trail markers because of men like Willie Love who were just beginning to know. Yeah.
4: Well, you know, according to the research that was done by us and Brenda Fuller, who uh, works with the Jackson Advocate, we found out that Willie Love played with uh, Sonny Ball Williamson, uh, Leroy Carr, some of the names you may not uh, recognize, Charlie Booker, uh, all over the Delta, uh, spent a lot of time. And what I like about him the most is that not only did he end up in Jackson, but he ended up doing his own recordings at Trumpet Records, Mm -hmm. you know, here in Jackson. And his last album was done in Jackson. And so, you know, we've got a, a, a long history of that, that no one knows about. And guys like this that added to the body at, of of music and doing his era, there was a uh, thing that musicians would do called cutting heads. Hmm. You know, cutting heads was that you went to somebody else's gig and then you bought your instruments and you started playing in the back of the room better than the band. Was... Oh my god! <laughs>
1: wow, that's a little different. That takes some not? nerve.
4: No, right that there. takes a lot of nerve and <laughs> ducking bullets. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> And so, in that era of music, Man. you know, uh, uh, it took a, a special person to come into somebody else's gig, not trying to take it necessarily, but to show them, hey, I can play too. Mm-hmm. Because back then, there were few venues for African-American musicians to perform in. And Jackson was uh, no different. And so it became a premium when there was a large crowd somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so you would drive around and not, oh, here's a bunch of people. This is where we need to go. And not only were you risking your life by doing yes, that. Yes, indeed. But you also risked uh, your reputation. Because if the other band member could play better than you, then you got your own head cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hence <Wow>. the name. <laughs> Hence the name cutting head.
1: I love that. Now that's a little different than gig crashing. That's a little <laughs>
4: riskier. Yeah, yes, yes, me. yeah,
3: literally ducking bullets.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know some of the stories uh, that you've seen uh, around with artists cutting heads and uh, stealing each other musicians. If you saw Cadillac Records, you saw what. What Howling Wolf did to Muddy Water. Yeah, yeah. And so those things happen. Right. Uh, I've been told of gigs where the lead guitar has actually shot the drummer in the foot because they weren't playing uh, properly. Ooh. And so, you know, it was rough in those days. Yeah. And, and we know the story about uh, the harmonica player that performed with Howling, uh, with uh, recorded at uh, Cadillac Records with. Uh, Willie Dixon and uh, Muddy Waters, who who actually killed somebody for impersonating them. Man! Oh, yeah. Uh, caught them alongside the road, according to the script. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's, that's one of the light stories. There you, you know. go. That's right. <laughs> that's one of the lights. And
1: and on and on Sunday we're going to be in a in a I'm sorry on Saturday the 18th tomorrow we're going to be in a in a in a mood of celebration. Oh, um, fantastic! As we mood. Uh, dedicate this tombstone at 11 a.m. at Elmwood Cemetery in Jackson, and then following a celebration of life of music of Mississippi um, at the Queen of Hearts, a, an incredible uh, just space uh, of history and music that if you haven't been there this is a really good oh reason God, uh, yes. to get over there well, so well
4: you know that's the place dr moore got her start as well mm-hmm. you know at the queen, uh, moore. Queen, queen, queen of hearts and the alamo theater
1: well i knew about the alamo i didn't know about the queen of hearts that's that's great you yeah. know when
4: she had her uh birthday she went back to the queen of hearts we were all down there to celebrate her birthday it's a little small place but It's okay. We had a lot of fun, and we celebrated Dorothy, and we're going to be doing the same thing tomorrow for Willie Love.
1: Well, that's yes, great. Indeed. Well, Malcolm Shepard, thank you for being with us today. If you want to know more about tomorrow's dedication, uh, check out the Central Mississippi Blues Society um, online and uh, find more information there. We want to thank all of our listeners for traveling with us today. We're heading out today with some music by Willie Love. Um, this is uh, Next Stop Mississippi is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, we were Our show today was produced by Michelle McAdoo. For Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, and we hope you'll join us next week for another great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.